Now, I know a gallon of gas is high. I don't know if it's as high as an arm and a leg or both here. When I started driving, uh, it was a lot lower than it is today. I think uh, I can remember back in the mid-90s, driving back and forth from Burns, Tennessee to Nashville, and it was a dollar a gallon. And, uh, you know, five gallons, five dollars worth, I could go for all week just about back and forth to work. But it's not as bad as other things when you compare them. The gas, gas prices right now. Some of y'all take Vicks NyQuil. Six ounces of Vicks NyQuil is $8.35. That's $178.13 a gallon. That's a lot of money for a gallon. Four ounces of Pepto-Bismol. It's $3.85. That's $123.20 a gallon. That's a lot. Seven ounces of whiteout. Seven ounces of whiteout is $1.39. That's $25.41 a gallon. A dollar, I mean, an ounce and a half of scope, you know, the, 90, the, the, the little 99-cent ones that you get when you go travel somewhere, if you go on vacation, they're 99 cents at Walmart, little ones. That's $84.84 a gallon. So the next time you're at the pump, be glad your car doesn't run on NyQuil or Whiteout, right? Now, while comparing gas prices to other things may give us some perspective, it's best if, really, if we compare apples to apples and and oranges to oranges. That's the best thing, best way to handle things. But sometimes to gain perspective or to combat error or to stand up for the truth, we're forced to compare apples to oranges. This is what we must do tonight. Tonight we must compare apples to oranges. What we must do tonight is compare the law and the gospel. When we compare these two, I believe you'll be amazed, like me, at the difference. As tonight, we prove through the Scripture that we are not under the old law, that Christ fulfilled the law and the prophets by the gospel. The handwritten ordinances, Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, were nailed to the cross. These... Were the first covenant. They were faulty, not because of God, but because of man. So, Hebrews chapter 8, beginning with verse 7 For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to the unrighteous 
and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The Hebrew writer made no distinction in moral or ceremonial law. All of the first covenant was ready to vanish away. For you see, the law was given by Moses. John chapter 1, verse 17. But the grace and truth of the gospel came by Jesus Christ. Nehemiah prayed to God. Nehemiah 9, 13 and 14. You came down also on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statutes and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. Remember, the handwritten ordinances were nailed to the cross. Moses was great, but Jesus was and is greater. Hebrews chapter 3 beginning with verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For you see, the law was given to Israel, not to us. Some say this this law in, in book and in stone were given to Adam and Noah and Abraham. But notice Deuteronomy chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, And Moses called all Israel... And said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your hearing today, that you may learn them and be careful to observe them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us who are here today, and all of us who are alive. The law was for a specific people. But the gospel, the gospel is for all. We are to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, amen. It's our commission, our great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The blessed gospel The blessed gospel is for all. The gospel is for all. It's for everyone. Not just for our limited set of people. But the law was given to them. Only them. Only for a limited time. 
Notice Luke chapter 16, verse 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Imagine yourself at a, at a concert, a sold-out concert, and the crowd is, is pressing to get in. That was the kingdom at that time. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the end of the law, all the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed, till the seed, that's Jesus Christ, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through the angels by the hand of a mediator. The law was for a limited time, you see. But the gospel is to be preached until the end of the world. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Now, what was the purpose of the law? Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Therefore, the law, notice, was our tutor. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. That we might be justified by faith, but after faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. The law was given to bring us to Jesus Christ. So now, being justified by our faith in Jesus Christ, we do not need the law. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. What, Jesus? What? Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, notice, but to fulfill. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to fulfill the law. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle by no means will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Jesus came to fulfill the law and he accomplished that. He accomplished his task and there's no longer need, a need for any of the Old Testament law. Why would you want a law when you could have Jesus, when you could have the gospel. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 19, For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Now, now what could that better hope be? What could that better hope be? If you had two things to buy, if you had to buy two things and you, you had to decide on the two things, would you want okay or perfect? If you had two cars you were going to buy, would you want the okay car or would you want the perfect car? If you had two houses you were going to buy, would you want the, the, the okay house or the perfect house? Perfect Jesus gives us a perfect law. James chapter 1 verse 25 but he who looks into the perfect, notice, perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. We can fulfill this perfect law of liberty by bearing one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Did God make a mistake? 
when he gave the first covenant? You know, there's a lot of people who say that. God, well, God made a mistake and he had to come along and give us the second covenant. No, God did not. God didn't make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. Notice Hebrews chapter 8. Look at verse 7 first. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Now, wait a minute. If you just take that verse right there, you could say that God made a mistake. If that verse was just going to stand alone, you could say it. There would be an argument for it. But notice, because finding fault with, with God? No. Look what it says. Because finding fault with them. Fault was found with them who were trying to keep that first covenant. Verse 8, the fault was with them, those who tried to keep the law. Yet yet notice verse 6, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Hebrews, is, is like an, Hebrews 8 here is like a hammer and anvil just pounding out the truth about the law and the gospel. Notice how under the law sin was was remembered. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. There was a reminder every year of their sin. But under the better covenant of the gospel, sins are forgiven. Acts chapter, eight, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sins are forgiven in the gospel. Sins are forgiven in the new law, the perfect law. The law of liberty, the law of Christ. Obedience to Christ saves that's good news that's good news it's better than the law repent and be baptized Peter put it another way Acts chapter 3 verse 19 repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord Hebrews chapter 8 In verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. The law given by Moses, given to Israel for a limited time to bring us to Christ. This same Old Testament law made nothing perfect. Fault was found with the people who could not keep the old law. Sin was remembered. And the law could not justify them. The law couldn't justify them. Acts 13, 39. And by Him, everyone who believes in Jesus is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Romans 8 verse 3. I'm letting the Bible do a lot of my talking tonight. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God did, notice, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. You see, the gospel came by Jesus Christ. The the gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone until the end of the world. Christ fulfilled the law and gave us the law of liberty, the law of Christ. It's perfect. It's better. Because our sins are forgiven. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. I talked to the nursing home today at at the bridge at Highland I pulled out an old sermon just gave them a little snippet of it an old sermon I did on the word and that little word and it's an amazing word we remember from our old English days how and is a conjunction isn't it it ties two words together It gives the same force to each word it ties together. Notice, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Believing and baptism carry the same weight in God's eyes, in the eyes of the truth. In John chapter 8 verse 32, it's the truth that's going to set you free. What is the gospel? What is this gospel that saves? Romans chapter 1 verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and and also for the Greek. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, the death that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that He was buried in a tomb a borrowed tomb, that he rose from the dead on the third day, that he was seen by hundreds, touched by his apostles. This may seem foolish to you. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. And tonight you've heard the gospel. You've heard the gospel. God's power to save. The law can't save you. The blood of bulls and goats can't save you. Those of you who have already obeyed the gospel, notice this verse. If you've already obeyed the gospel, notice Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In Him you also trusted. That's Jesus Christ. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're no longer under the law. We're dead to the law. All the law. How? Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you have become dead to the law. How? 
through the body of Christ. When you were baptized into Jesus Christ, you became dead to the law. That's how you get into Jesus Christ is to be baptized into him. And through the body of Christ, you became dead to the law that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Paul's giving an analogy here of a married couple. And he's, he's saying that this woman cannot be married to another man unless her husband dies. Her husband's got to die first. And when he dies, then she can marry another. The law is dead. And we've married Jesus Christ when we were baptized into him. We're dead to the law through Jesus. When we were baptized into Jesus, we were married to another. We are under grace. Romans chapter 6, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law? But under grace? Certainly not. We must live faithful lives. But we are not under the Old Testament law. Romans chapter 7, verse 7 bears this out. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For what I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said... You shall not covet. Now here Paul mentions one of the Ten Commandments as part of the law. That same law we're dead to. The law we are not under includes the Ten Commandments. They're more fully clarified, these Ten Commandments, they're more fully clarified... In the law of Christ, as we looked at earlier this month, except for the Sabbath, which is not mentioned. Now, next Sunday night, my Adventist friends are going to be back again. I love it when they come. I appreciate them coming. I really do. I put an ad in the paper for anyone come and talk to me about the Bible. One called me a crackhead. The only other one to answer was an Adventist. So I appreciate them for wanting to study the Bible and loving me enough to try to tell me what they believe the truth is. Next Sunday night, my Adventist friends are supposed to tell me how they separate what they call the moral law from the ceremonial law. But I do not see how. (laughs) They have a long, tall mountain to climb. Because the law is the law is the law. And that includes the Ten Commandments. As we've said before, all of the Ten Commandments were clarified even more strictly in the New Testament except for the Sabbath day, such as in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 22, Jesus, or verse 21, Jesus quotes the Ten Commandments when he says, not to murder in verse 21, but I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Rekha, shall be in danger of the council. 
But whoever says you fools shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hands you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Surely I say to you, will not, by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. Notice... He's, he's, he's quoting a, a scripture from the law about do not murder, do not kill. But he clarifies it. Hey, if you even hate your brother, you're guilty. If you even hate him, if you call him fool, you're guilty. If, what you need to do is you need to, even before you... Like us, if we took the Lord's Supper and we had something odd against our brother or our sister, even if we were going to, we should, we should make sure we've got our relationships with each other right first. Else we'll be guilty of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus goes to the heart, you see, not to the letter of the law written with a finger on stone. No, he goes to the heart of the matter. Notice. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Another part of the law. Another part of the Ten Commandments. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus here speaks not of the, the written letter, but the heart. Jesus wants our hearts to be right. The purpose this evening was to show you that we're not under the old law, but that we must obey the gospel of Christ. What a difference we can gain when we, when we examine something. What a different perspective we gain by comparing apples to oranges. What a difference there is in the two covenants. The old law was fulfilled, nailed to the cross. But what a difference the gospel could make in your life tonight if it was obeyed. Won't you obey the gospel tonight? Won't you be baptized into Jesus Christ tonight? you want to put Christ on in baptism or if you want to repent, if you have some sin in your life that's keeping you from living your life, your everyday life right, you need prayers, you need help. We want to pray with you, we want to pray for you, whatever you need. Come right now.